Welcome to Creative Legends of the DMV, episode four, Knowledge is Hip Hop. If 2021's finished, can we finally wrap it up? You say the end is near, I say it isn't coming fast enough. You want more time to spend with family and friends, still the longer I'm here, I see more family and friends killed. Betty White saw 99 and the world cried. Mom Dukes barely saw 50 when my world died. So pardon whatever attitude that you think I got. It's just a symptom of me thinking and I think a lot. I think about the life I got, what I should have and stuff just isn't adding up like that hood. Man. I know you smell this shit I'm saying like a good stash It's just Seems a lot of shit I see that I can't look just goes with their natural born man In fact, I don't know if it's rare It just seems like it's just not done Today there's a lot of diversity Between the various genres within hip-hop Whether it's trap various elements that are categorized as rap and what we call hip-hop which can sometimes be a little bit more derivative of jazz synonymous with old school whatever it is there have been some artists who have gone beyond the DMV where a lot of hip-hop artists have come about and continue to hone their craft um, facilitate their talents and some have gone on to more recognition beyond the DMV. Uh, you know, hip-hop movements and artists seem very underground, like a lot of musical movements, until they seem to rise to the surface. Around here, in regards to hip-hop, there's been Logic, there's been Wale, both from Gaithersburg, Maryland, who have uh, blown up in the past uh, 10 years or so. Um, they've gone on to national and worldwide attention and there are many in the DMV who continue to hone their craft and carry on the hip-hop tradition so listen up listen to this playing behind me this is Stand by Knowledge Knowledge hip-hop artist here in the DMV aka Blaine Hard, and he is here as my first interview for episode four. Um, here we have Knowledge. Knowledge is hip-hop. Thank you, Knowledge, for coming and being my first interview here on Creative Legends of the DMV. Of course, man. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about how you got started in hip-hop, why you got started in hip-hop, you know, growing up here in the DMV, all that. Uh, yeah, um, I got started... Um doing hip-hop uh well introduced to hip-hop with a lot of um tupac and nas and scarface in the uh, mid 90s and um prior to that i listened to a lot of rock music uh so have rock influences and and hip-hop influences both my dad played drums and rock bands in the dmv and and then uh, we lived in Pennsylvania for a little while in, in the Gettysburg area. And uh, we always had drums around in the house. And um, we we went weekly to like jam sessions and, um, and uh, band sessions and stuff like that. So I was around recordings and practices a lot and just like music in general. So um, it was in the air. Yeah, music was more important in the house than a TV or movies or shows or anything like that. Um, and then once I became 
you know, old enough to have my own stuff to say. Uh, I went a lot more with like toward hip hop uh, because it allowed me to say more, number one, um, in a shorter period of time in the song. And also um, another thing that I realized <clears throat> that I hadn't said before was, uh, you know, when you're at band sessions and jam jam sessions and stuff like that with the full bands, you realize that like every single member has to be available on the same day. Mm. Um, and, and I noticed that with, with my dad and with anybody else who was in a band, like everybody has to be available for that show. Everybody has to be available for that practice, mm. everything like that. With hip hop, it kind of allows you to create on your own. Like sure. you're, you're able to create your the full song with the help of nobody else. So yeah, um, I think your own composer. Yeah, so I think that's what really leaned me toward hip hop in the beginning was because I wasn't doing music with anybody. I wasn't even aiming to do that. It's just kind of you're trying to get some stuff off your chest. But it's interesting because so many hip hop artists incorporate a lot of different uh, influences uh, from different genres. Like we were talking a little bit about Mac Miller. I know he also uh was influenced by like jazz and um you know tribe called quest obviously full of jazz and yep. it's um all of these different elements so his listening to your you know, background and it's interesting to hear like with your dad and you know, the rock element and how these different elements fused into you know your universe of hip-hop yeah and i think also it's like you know generally generationally uh we a lot of us don't have a lot of like parental hip hop influences. Um, if you're my age or older, a, a lot, I mean, there wasn't that that much hip hop before that. So it was a lot more blues, jazz, things like that, or um, rock and roll. But I think now we see like a fusion of all genres. Like you see sampling, um, you know, hip hop and pop producers sample from every like musical genre so right. um i think that it's nothing is off the board anymore like every everything that you can think of is possible and uh these people's like sphere of influence right. at least for the producers yeah. uh seems to be a lot bigger and that probably comes with more of a sample size you have more years of of music that's gone by and more stuff for them to listen to um, to pick from, but I think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's interesting and to the degree of how you have uh, roped that into your songs, and you can hear one thing, and that's the the speed of your delivery. And so you were, you know, w what kind of led you towards that, and and the how that contributes to the narrative of your storytelling. Um, yeah, I never even thought about that, but. Uh, when when I give it a quick thought, I think it's like the tempo in general of the music that we were listening to as like a group as as a group of friends in in an era in my lifetime. So probably like from the mid '90s until uh, the you know mid 2000s um, <clears throat> in that era, I think a lot of the the music the tempo of the music that I listened to at that time influenced yeah. what M and Andre 2000. <clears throat> yeah. Everything from that era, you know, like, um, and which is, it's, uh, also why, like I started a segment, um, toward the end of last year and, 
um, you know, a, a few volumes in at this point. I think I just dropped volume 13 or so, um, but it's weekly, weekly classic freestyles. And it's like, you know, um, I remember a time where we, we used to go on the internet and we would search different producers and just listen to their beats and just spend hours and hours listening to beats. And you had a, a big variety of the type of beats that there was. And then like around this, this one point in time, everything would start to say like T-Pain type beat, Lil Wayne type beat. And like around that time when they started using these specific artists to produce to um, promote the beat that they were uh, uploading, mm. all the beats started to sound the same. And it was like you could go on there and you could listen for hours and hours and you couldn't find a beat that you liked because all of a sudden, you know, obviously if the producers are trying to sell the beats that they're making, they're trying to appeal to an audience that's listening to things that are successful on the radio. Yeah, and how do you diversify yourself? Because I, I know that's like a thing that, that you can get beats. And I have uh, hip-hop artists, other artists in my neighborhood, and, and they seem to get these beats. But but to your point, they seem to be, I don't know if they're looking or where they're looking, but like lower-grade beats you can just hear from the quality on, on their cell phone. And obviously someone like yourself is more established and, and branded on social media and the Internet you know, like how do you, you deal with producers obviously and, and things like that and create your own beats. But what's your opinion of, of, of that? Yeah. Um, for myself personally, um, I, I never could make beats because when I listen to the beat, it makes me think of what should be said on there. And my brain starts to construct and shape the, the words and the story or whatever should go on there. But the people who make the beats, I know that when I first started out and I was just downloading beats from here or there on the internet and I was just messing around, I was kind of like testing myself out to see is it, is, is what I'm going to create good enough to even reach out to people about beats or Mm. to, to purchase beats and, and really take myself serious enough. And then I think from doing shows and from putting content online and different different every different way of promotion you just start to bump into people that are like kind of like oh you you do music especially hip-hop you do hip-hop music so um can i send you some beats or this is my link you know if you want to check out some beats and then like you know sometimes they they'll press you out uh if if they really like your style or something like that and they're like i think that we really would work well on something together right so that networking, that organic networking is really how you'll find like the best people who make good quality beats. Other than that, like I know for, for us, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but if we have an in-house producer and he's making fire ass beats, I'm not showing them beats to nobody. <laughs> yeah, they're yours. Like yeah. we're going to we're going to find some way to use those. So right. so that's what happens is like, you know, just like if you have somebody that's cutting your hair, you know, amazingly and they they don't have much room in their schedule, you're not going to keep introducing them to people. Right. Like so that's what happens is the producer you have to you have to put in the work and the time and and stuff that it takes to meet these people so that you can have that conversation with them and they're like, Oh, you know what? You're, I understand you do music. A lot of people say they do, they do music, but then when they get a chance to really hear it one-on-one or have a conversation with you, like we're sitting down here and then 
then they might be like, oh, let me show you. I do this too. And then you really start to, oh, that's the ones that separate themselves because uh, I know for the, the person that we primarily use, a lot of his material is not online because um, creatively, even if he tags that beat up, it can spark the idea for another producer to just create that beat with their own instruments. Right. So a lot of times eh, there's a couple things on there online, but if I gave somebody that link and, and, and let them hear it, they'd be like, these aren't the beats that you guys use from him. And it's like, no, those are on the, you got to come in the house. Right. You have to come in the studio to hear those ones. And well, that makes, you that won't makes be recording sense. anything yeah. or anything like that. that. Makes sense. So, so to that, I've been curious, uh, going down, the rabbit hole with your stuff recently, um, your songs and listening to the stories. And if some of them are just that, or if they are background of real life experiences, and certainly if that's the case, you don't have to talk about all of it, you know, or whatever you want to talk about it. But uh, that, that's my question, I guess. And yeah, I think um, I did mention, you know, that Tupac was one of my main influences. Right. And one of the great things about Tupac, and I think, you know, that as a uh, hip-hop artist, I think this, um, what's the right word? This is like uh, a main component of hip-hop is um, because it's so story-driven and the, it's so lyrically it's lyrically heavy, you yeah. know, as opposed to other genres of music. It's Everybody total, yeah. wonders, um, is everything that this artist saying real? Um, and what I would say is you have to know that every bar that's in every song obviously can't be real. I mean, the, the, the lives that people would have to live and stuff like right. that. But, but, I think that there's a, a level of sarcasm and a level of wit that goes into putting the bars together. And sometimes um, listeners should be able to easily tell like, you know, hey, this this uh, artist is real about the message he's trying to put out. Right. But he's also having fun on some tracks and, and putting some stuff together that's just witty and lyrical exercise and things like that. So, you, you know, you can tell, you know, um, when the when the bar is sounding like a crazy scene out of a movie you know that's what it is and yeah. that's it's entertainment but then at the same time you know a lot of us have lived a certain life uh you know in the neighborhoods we grew up in we've seen things happen that we we probably didn't think we would even see and right. you're just like damn this real life and so a lot of that stuff also tailors you know what's going to go into your material if you're talking about things that you've seen so it could yeah. be things that you went through it could be things that people you are close to went through you you watched it happen in your neighborhood um but just saying like we're all part of that community you know like we're all like whether we were the person that was involved in it or not, if it happened in our in our community, in our state, it's all part of what we are. So it's all part of the story that we're trying to share with like other people in other geographical areas and stuff like that that aren't here. Right. So it's it's just trying to represent the area in the best light from the way I've seen it and also show that when it comes to like lyrical uh, exercise and lyrical like, combatancy or whatever mm. that you know w 
when it comes to wit, I'm, I feel like I can hang with anybody from anywhere else too. So it's, it's a balance of those two. Yeah. And, and, and I think you hear the progression of your material. I certainly didn't know the background of any of that. And when you tell me, I'll probably listen and, you know, heighten or dull the experience because just listen to it organically. I, I, I didn't know, which is why I asked, you know, it's, it's, and then, and then the other performance, you know, I mean, yeah. And and that's the other part of it is that, um, you know, sometimes, um, and, and we, we see this a lot of times with people who uh, do music in a studio, and then when they try to bring that music to a show and perform it live, um, if they don't feel the music down inside themselves when they're performing live, you're going to see it. You're going to notice it. Right. And if you can perform live in front of a crowd and con- and convince them and be convincing to them of the things you're saying and the... Uh, your command over the crowd. Um, that's the part that blurs the lines for people. A lot of people, that's where, that's why they get confused on the things that they hear from people because it's like, you can tell that this person means what they're saying and they're confident about what they're saying and, and everything like that. But then you start to, well, damn, is it every word that they mean then? Or, cause then some of them are, some stuff's right. a little crazy and you're like, well, shit. You, on, so. Yeah. I mean, on some of the, yeah. The songs, um, um, in some of your top songs there on some of the, the music apps, you hear that. And on your latest release that we played at the beginning, you know, that's definitely more straightforward, um, uh, you know, more revealing, obviously, um, with some of the, the lyrical content. And is that maybe more of the stuff that you want to do or just born out of, you know, where you were at the time? Because I know it was a, a single. Are you working on a new album? What's going on there? Uh, yeah, that was a crazy song because, um, you know, uh, I've been working on different projects and stuff like that. So, um, things, things that I've been working on, have been a little bit more concept driven. I just did a, a project with, uh, a close friend of mine, Mischief from Pennsylvania, and it was called the road trip. And, you know, because we were on the road so much this past year or on tour doing grind mode ciphers and all, every state up and down the coast, we did tracks with affiliates that we were close with that we, that we fucked with out of that circle. Um, so that while we were on those trips, we could do videos with them. So we ended up shooting like music videos for over half of the CD already. Oh, that's cool. Um, but but the but so a lot of things have been like I would say you know concept driven like that like we're we're writing a song as if it's going on the specific project so we're really thinking a lot about it. Um, the that's the song stand. Um, it, as soon as I went on the social media and everybody was talking about Betty White past, you know, and rest in peace Betty White. Right. Um, but I, I I saw that and I was just like man it's crazy this wave of people that come out like when something like that happens and you know, like Betty White was kind of a thing. Yeah. And Betty White was, you know, she had made it so long and kind of like defied the odds for so long that people were like, almost like it's never going to happen. But I was just like, it just got me thinking. And at the same time I was listening to beats that I had, um, on this uh, folder on my iTunes and that, that beat just caught me. And at the same time I was just like, damn, you know, people their outpour for these people that they haven't met is very crazy 
if the person was put on like a pedestal or on a TV show or a movie or something like that. But like, you know, for me, I remember how much crazier it was for just uh, my mom passing or like people that were close to me in my life that had passed. So that's what got my, my mind going and starting to write in that direction. And then it was just kind of talking about kind of being fed up. So there wasn't no concept or anything, but it ended up, did end up being like a very much deeper song, more revealing. And those are the songs that I prefer to do. I used to uh, try to focus on making the project, those type of songs. And that's why I went with a, a, a name you know, more like knowledge, like trying to say, I'm spreading a message. I'm trying to share what, what I have learned with you, what I've seen with you and not, you know, like make club songs or things like that. Um, but when I first started doing music, I, uh, didn't do any live shows. So it was very easy back then to make every song, like a mesh of like spoken word with like, um, poetry with like whatever there was just so many different styles blended into there but it didn't have to like move a crowd what uh, is it could make you think a lot more but not make you MC, you know as much and then I think when I started doing live shows I started realizing like okay I, I kind of need a different tempo and I need something that is a little bit less thinking and a, and a little bit more like energy given and wow factor and you know things like that for live shows so then i started drifting a little bit more in that direction when when i incorporated live shows into my act and what is the i'm curious in the in the underground hip-hop game you know the the is there a competitive nature with with the live shows when all you guys are doing things is it hard to get and create these live shows i mean i don't even when i'm see the you know all the here in the dmv and all the various things come out in the winter i don't even see like ads for lots of hip-hop shows even from some of the top touring artists like what's up with that enlighten me please yeah so um a couple things like with that i mean we noticed in the dmv that when you have when you have a place that's willing to let you do hip-hop shows and this might not be right now but this is like going back the last 10 plus years if you have a place that's going to let you do hip-hop shows um, th like the powers that be, whether it be other businesses in that area, in that area, or the residents in that area, a lot of them don't want hip hop shows, and they, they say that it brings a lot of, you know, problems. It brings a lot of like fights. It brings a lot of, and I don't think it brings a lot more anything than any other genre. Yeah. But we've seen that, and then we would see like I remember, you know, years back where people would would make flyers for shows. And uh, then the, the owners of the venues were told that they weren't allowed to have flyers given out with, uh, with drinks on the flyers, or it couldn't say drink specials. Hmm. It couldn't have a woman in a sexy uh, outfit or lingerie because that, would, that means that it was like a, like a prostitution yeah. party or something. Like, they kept trying to push all these narratives that just seemed like, man, this is like a lot more going into this than there is when it's uh not a hip-hop show and uh, i thought that was very crazy so um and then the other thing is is that uh we don't see a lot of hip-hop artists who are gonna really really pack like a whole venue out on their own so whether that be like one artist or one 
little group of artists or crew or something like that, you you kind of have to do a showcase unless you're a major label artist mm. uh, or unless, I mean, you got to really, unless you have the type of buzz in your area where you're already on and, and, and you know, salute to those those type of people. But, you know, if you're able to bring out like, I don't know, 200 people on your own without bringing, without anybody else coming out, that, you know, that's amazing. But what you see is you see a lot of uh, shows where, they give each artist like you know 15 minutes and you can get a certain number of tickets and sell the tickets and you know you may or may not be able to make a couple dollars off of each of those right, tickets right, so right. you can you can gauge your own thing but you know there's nothing wrong with that format in the fact that a lot of artists don't have their own dj they don't have their own security they don't have their own sound guy they don't have a lot of this stuff and they don't have the connections with the venue owners so you know if somebody else is going to handle all that stuff for you and give you a platform to go out there i think it's a it's a leapfrog to allow you to really test the waters and see can you bring people out to a show yeah. can you get people to buy tickets and then that's your platform to set up a table and sell shirts and sell stickers patches uh cds whatever you have any kind of like merch that you can sell live that's gonna you know allow these people to go promote your stuff to somebody else after they you leave you would think there'd be more of an opening for it i mean you have quite the following on social media and i'm sure that you're um, other other friends and hip hop artists and um, could easily fill these things and with that kind of exposure and promotion, but it just ends up being a hassle and a challenge that you just yeah. You know, I I would say that the, the people that I know do stuff you know maybe like once a month. Um, it's not always at the same venue. It's not always in the same area. Mm-hmm. But what we've seen that's really helped um, is and, and and I encourage any artist to do is like it's awesome to be where you're from it's awesome to be where you're from and it's it's a good feeling to be able to perform where you're from right um because you you can draw people out that know you and and support your 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 craft your product and everything like that but these people are going to support your craft and product whether or not you can do a live show in their area they already kind of know who you are we've been going to other areas like new england and you know massachusetts rhode island connecticut new hampshire and we've been going down and doing you know like in florida and uh you know south carolina north carolina you know um west virginia we've, we've been spreading out a lot more and trying to show you know not just do a show in that area but come back again and do a show. Mm. You know, sometimes when somebody sees you a second time and third time and they're like, wow, like this is a, a person from out of state and they're making moves to yeah, them. It appears that's how they used to do it back in the day with the old yep. groups and, and bands, you know, and, kind of going against and, the grain. And I'm telling you, that's where it comes from. Those are the people who are adding us. Those are who are the people who are saying, man, that person came all the way from such and such, not, Oh, they're from right around here too, but I came here to see my friend who yeah. who also raps. So in in that sense, like you said, it, it it's not meant to be a competition. Uh I don't think I mean, I think I want to I want to be a standout if I if I possibly can at the show. Um and not for any other reason other than I'm trying to put on a live show yeah. for people. Well, and you challenge one another, and I'm sure, to be just that. By being but we do want to. We do want a sharing of the fan bases. Yeah. So we're not trying to create a, a competition in the sense that 
pick who you like better and only like who you like better. Mm. Enjoy it all. It's all music. We all have a different style. Right. So we're trying to compete to make each other better, but we want our fan bases and people to be open-minded to the other artists that we're working with when we do a collaboration we don't want them to only root for our verse we want them to root for the whole song or the whole project there's a there's a lot of uh talent from you know noticing your stuff i noticed some of your other friends and people in your group stuff and there's a lot of talent in the dmv and i know like we talk about logic and wally being somewhat popular representatives but there's a slew of stuff and do you see other areas with just as big of a scene would you categorize the dc scene as underground maybe because of that lack of live element uh what i think what actually um i think what keeps the dmv and i could probably include maybe you can include richmond and baltimore and and stuff who is not not in in that but our metro area and and the close surrounding areas um, what I've seen from being in this in the music scene for years here is that it's almost impossible to get your music played on the radio. And like it seems like other areas, even if it's not like let's say radio ready music or something like that, in in New York you can go and get it played on Sirius Satellite or something like that and it's not a problem. Like they'll support your area. A lot of like the Houston uh rap rush that happened like you know with swisha house and um you know uh, a lot of the groups that came out around that time like they were all being played on the radio they were all like everybody was featuring each other on their songs as soon as this person got on the radio they had this person on their song that's not happening like even you know not to say that that wale or um logic or anybody is required to do that but sure. we we just don't have a team of yeah. people that's got that end goal in sight for the area right like you know a lot of people want to get on for themselves and a lot of people and everybody has their own um reasons and their own family they need to take care of and their own stuff yeah and their own style but however they're but somebody at some point is going to get into a position of power that wants to see the area succeed right and that wants to see like the area become a powerhouse in like where they select talent from and things like that and it has the money and it has the diversity it just doesn't have the platform as of now that allows somebody without a platform already right. to just come up and, and kind of get a shot. Well, who knows? You're leading the way in some form. You've got a lot of different things going on. Your your music is incredibly uh, appealing and makes one want to ask some questions more about it. Um, as we wrap up, though, I'm curious. Who are the three hip-hop artists that you would love to smoke a blunt with? Dead or alive? Dead or alive. I would definitely would like to smoke with Tupac. Like I said, my first um, original like influence into uh, hip hop, um, and that probably comes from you know I liked like the crazy rebel attitude of like Axl Rose when 
they were in uh, Guns N' Roses was in their heyday. Mm. And then, you know, as, as I was being introduced to Tupac, he was just like this brash, did not give a fuck. Like, in addition to being great at his, at, at, at his craft, I mean, amazing, like the best that I had ever heard, but he was also a type of person that like just didn't give a fuck about anything. And mm. I, I thought that was like awesome to stay true to who you are, even though you're, you know, so, so Tupac, I mean, I'm a million percent. And then, um, you know, out of, and they don't have to be hip hop artists, you know. Yeah, three people that okay, are alive. Yeah, three people that are alive. Famous and people, then, maybe. You even not whoever. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I have a lot, a lot of dead loved ones that I that I would love to sure uh, hit a blunt with, but One I'll just, time. I'll yeah, but I'll just leave them um, out of this this count for now because it would it would fill it all up. Yeah. Um, but and then uh, another person. Um, that maybe uh, I think it would be cool to smoke a blunt with would be like Jimi Hendrix. Um, he, could he handle today's weed? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. he could. And then, um, and then uh, for the third, right now, I would say uh, I don't know M- Eminem maybe if he's if he's smoking. I think it would. I'll leave somebody that's alive in there. That yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll manifest that up. That'd be a room. Knowledge, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, Eminem, yeah, and Tupac. Tupac. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd be, I'd be just quiet in the corner if I was lucky enough to be there. <laughs> All right, this has been Creative Legends of the DMV with Knowledge. Dig them up online on your music apps. Listen to him and uh, yeah, and follow him on all those social media apps and check him out as he continues to do his thing here in the DMV representing hip hop. Thanks so much, man, for coming out and thank you so much for talking. Appreciate you. Yeah, like he said, search uh, it's at knowledge is hip hop. You want to keep on talking shit, well, and bitch, see me. I'm like the crypt keeper coming from the dirty blocks and ain't gonna bore you with no war stories. Thanks for that clarification. Knowledge is hip hop. Listen to it. They're getting more to drop that lame ass club shit than call it hip hop. Lip locked on a thug's dick. I don't suck shit. I'm not the one to fuck with. And through paying dues too. Can't nobody touch this. Won't nobody rush this. I crush it with my bare fist. Look into my eyes and realize that I ain't scared of shit. But don't be staring if you're scared to cherish what I spit. Married to the game and I'ma play it till I'm filthy rich. They say I killed the shit every time they play the track. If something that I said. Defend you good, cause I don't take it back. Fuck you, fuck her, fuck him too, you mother.